And all of us have things in life that um, maybe this is just how God made us and we think, I wish I could change that. Um, Peter was a man that saw some radical changes take place in his life. When you look at his life and, and see the, the changes that came about, it really ought to create great hope for each of us in, in understanding what God is able to do. Um, the Bible tells us Peter was, the people of his day said he was an unlearned and ignorant man. Um, he didn't end up too bad for an unlearned and ignorant man, did he? And, and in understanding what God was able to do in his life. When you look at his life, um, there's so many characteristics about his life. We often think of him as, a, as the mouthpiece of the apostles because he would jump in and say things and, and we often, um, criticize him for that. But when you look at his life, the change that came in his life, he was once a coward. You remember when Christ was crucified and and he denied him three times. No, I'm not I'm not part of of his group or anything like that. He was once a coward and now you read first Peter and you look in the book of Acts he went from being a coward to courageous. I mean, Peter died a martyr's death. Tradition tells us that he was crucified, and he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified as my Savior, so I want you to crucify me upside down. I mean, this is the guy that went from a coward to now this courage that he's willing to lay down his life. He was once very impulsive, and now he was very humble. You read, as you read through the book of First Peter, and as we study it, you'll find a, a humble spirit just... Um, rules over the book of 1 Peter. Peter at one time was concerned about setting up God's kingdom on earth. It was an earthly, temporal desire. And now you read the book of 1 Peter and it's a heavenly desire. It's an eternal framework that he's seeing. So he he went from that earthly to an eternal he went from once very distracted. Peter would be distracted. Um, read this last week again. Peter um, saw the Lord coming to him and he said, If you are the Lord, let me walk on the water to you. And, and indeed he did. And then he was distracted by the, the wind and the waves and everything and and his faith wavered. Um, but before you criticize him for doing that, um, t- 
tell me how and when you walked on water that wasn't frozen, all right? And, um, and yet Peter walked on water, was distracted, and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. <clears throat> and now you read First Peter and you will find a man very disciplined. And very zeroed in on Christ, and and it was Christ alone is was his passion. Peter was once very boastful about self. I won't do this, and I won't that, let that happen to you, Jesus. And and I often came to the forefront. But you look at his epistles, and you look at his preaching in the book of Acts, and you'll find he now boasted in Christ alone. It wasn't about Peter anymore. He was once a leader, and and kind of by nature the leader. But he moved far beyond that. He now became a leader of righteousness, He wasn't just leading for a cause. He wasn't just leading to get something done. His purpose was leading in righteousness and wanted to bring others along in the righteous walk. He once had a a very strong zeal, but now he has a very strong zeal accompanied with knowledge that gave direction to his zeal, that gave um, fortitude to his zeal, that, that gave substance to his zeal. You remember when Jesus came to Gethsemane and he spent the night in prayer and he asked his disciples to watch with him and pray. Peter fell asleep. He was negligent of responsibilities. You'll read in First Peter that Peter now is very vigilant. He once was asleep, but now he's very vigilant. He's alert. He's watching. He understands the economy. I don't mean the, the finances. He understands the workings of God. And he is alert to this. He is, is zeroed in on the working of God. Peter was once very dangerous. Remember when they came after Christ and Peter took his sword? I don't know if he was trying to chop the guy's head off, but he got the guy's ear, chopped, lopped it right off. (laughs) I mean, that's a video I'm going to be anxious to see in heaven, you know. What the other disciples thought and, and, and just to see Jesus' patience, you know, he, Here's this wild cannon, Peter. You never know what he's going to do next. And, and of course, Jesus understood. And But Peter whips out the sword and chops the guy's ear off, and God picks it up and puts it back on and, and gently rebuke Peter. I mean, I'm sure the other disciples are thinking, man, we got to keep tabs on Peter here. He went from dangerous to dependable. I mean, he was a disciple that 
was entrusted with great, great responsibilities in the early church. And honestly, he went from being a liability, something that Jesus had to go around and correct him, um, heal the damage that he'd done to rebuke Peter. He said, get thee behind me, Satan, speaking to Peter because Peter was having the thinking of Satan. And, and he went from being a liability to being a great, great asset to the cause of Christ. And you look at this and you think, this is all in this one guy. How did, how did all this happen? And we can say, well, Christ made the change and indeed it, it all is the working of Christ. And, and many times at Easter we say that when the disciples realized that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, it transformed their thinking. And indeed it did. They realized, wow, he really is the Messiah. But, but there's often a part of this that we overlook that is really the transformation power of Peter. In Luke 24, Jesus said to them and told them what was going to happen to him. And, and he said, I, I'm setting you to be witnesses for me throughout Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And he says, but I want you to tarry here until the Holy Spirit comes. And in Acts chapter 1, we read where Jesus ascended after his resurrection. He showed himself unto the disciples, many others, a gathering of 500. But then, as he was with the disciples, Jesus was received up out of sight. And the angel said, why do you stand here looking up this same Jesus which is taken up from you, will someday come again in like manner as you have seen him go. And the disciples knew what they were commanded to do, and they returned to Jerusalem, and they went up into the upper room, and they realized that Jesus had told them in verse 8, you shall receive power... When the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And Peter was mightily transformed and changed when the Holy Spirit of God was given to minister in the lives of believers. And really, what changed Peter from the self-run, impulsive, distracted, boastful person to what he became was the power of God through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that many times in Christian circles... One, we never reach the potential that God wants us to reach. 
And two, we have neglected, and these go hand in hand, we have neglected the ministry of the Spirit of God that was given, we don't, won't take the time today, but John 16 was given to guide us into truth and was given to empower us. It is the power of God that is at work in us through the ministry of the Spirit of God. And you read in the book of Acts, and you will find that Peter, as the Spirit of God was given and dwelt within believers, Peter became a firebrand for God. Peter became an asset, no longer a liability. And he came to know the power of God in a, in a great sense. And we are blessed today as we still have record of Peter's messages in the book of Acts as we're able to read first Peter. And so we ask ourselves, you know, I can relate to a lot of the negative side of Peter's characteristics, but I don't want to be a liability to God. I want to be an asset. So how do I go from being a liability to an asset? How do I go from not being used of God to being used of God? How do I get the power of God? Many times Christians are are frustrated, um, discouraged, because we have a desire to live here, but we try and we try and we try, and yet it seems like we, we live down here. Is Peter just a special person? Or does God intend us to live by the power that he gives? And it's the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want us to look today at how to get the power of God in your life. And and when I say get the power of God in your life, I'm not talking about something churchy or religious, so to speak. I mean to get God at work in every detail of your life. And really, the first step of this is to acknowledge your helplessness. Without, John 15, 5 says, without him, I can do nothing. And without the power of the Spirit at work in my life, I am helpless. I mean... It is the power of the Spirit that that will enable me to read the Word and understand it. It is the power of the Spirit. And, And listen to me carefully. It's not enough just to have Christ to forgive your sins. You will not have the power of God in your life unless you are filled with the spirit and and this isn't this isn't some hocus pocus 
one-time thing. This is a continually yielding to the Spirit of God. Moody, D.L. Moody, was to have a campaign in England, and an elderly pastor protested, Why do we need Mr. Moody? He's uneducated, he's inexperienced, and went on and on. And who does he think he is anyway? Does he think he has a monopoly on the Holy Spirit, he said? A younger, wiser pastor rose and responded and said, No, he doesn't think he has a monopoly on the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit has a monopoly on Moody. It's not so much we need more of the Spirit of God. When you called upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin, the Spirit of God dwelt within you. He is put in you to guide you into truth, to direct you, to empower you. <clears throat> and the problem is we, we don't need more of the Spirit. We, he needs more of us. And it's understanding, God, I cannot be the man I ought to be unless your spirit empowers me. God, I cannot, I cannot love my wife like I ought to unless your spirit empowers me. I need your direction. God, I cannot be the parent. You've, you've blessed me with children and God, I can't do it. I cannot do it and, and I need your spirit to lead me. I need you to instruct me. I need you to point to where I'm walking in the flesh so that I can walk in your spirit. God has called us to an overwhelming work. I mean, any of these things, just to be a man or a woman of God is an overwhelming work, let alone a godly husband or wife or a a godly parent or a godly child. It's overwhelming. And it is impossible without a supernatural power. And I don't just mean praying and receiving Jesus. It is saying, it is continually, when he says in Ephesians 5.18, Be ye filled with the Spirit. It's a continual. Be ye being filled with the Spirit. Continually, always be being filled with the Spirit. We try to live the Christian life in, in our own strength. We must acknowledge our helplessness. Charles Spurgeon said, without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are as ships without the wind, branches without sap, and like coals without fire, we are useless. And in understanding how important it is to to realize our helplessness <clears throat> that ought to drive us to God. So, number one, acknowledge our helplessness. Number two, immerse yourself in the Word of God. Immerse yourself in the Word of God. Why? The Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. If we want the power of God's Spirit at work in our life so that 
we're no longer controlled by our passions, no longer walking in anger, no longer walking in covetousness. We need to feed our spirit with the Word of God. The Holy Spirit of God wrote the Bible, and His power will not be manifested in our lives if we neglect the Bible. And this, I know we hear it over and over again, and I'm like a broken record, and I fail to realize that a lot of people here don't even know what a broken record is, all right? I'm just saying the same things over and over and over and over again. But I'm going to die saying this because I believe it. You cannot have the power of God in your life, and I cannot, and neglect the Word of God. There's no way. And and it's it's taking control of my life and my schedule to say, I, I am going to make God's Word a priority in my life. Again, immerse ourselves to have the power of God that would transform our lives. It, it must, we must immerse ourselves in the Word of God. And again, this isn't anything new, but when, when are we going to start? Thirdly, we must depend on the Spirit of God. And I've somewhat alluded to this, but to ask the Spirit of God <clears throat> to direct you, to empower you, to use you. Read the book of Acts. They gathered together and in prayer they cried out to God. And, and when they were in one accord, the Spirit of God moved upon them. The Spirit of God is the ignored and neglected member of the Trinity in many of our lives. And yet He is the one that was given to come alongside us. I mean, think of it. God gave His Spirit to come alongside and and in essence to put His arm around us and, and to lead us and say, now this is where you want to go, and this is what you want to think, and this is what you want to do. And many times, we don't even know that the Spirit of God is, is dwelling within us, let alone what He's trying to do in our lives. It is the Spirit of God that will, will transform us from the natural man to the spiritual man, from the coward to courageous, from impulsive to humble. It is the Spirit of God. And it is coming to realize, as we said earlier, God, I cannot do this. I need your Spirit's power in my life. <clears throat> I surrender to you. I am willing to, to, to yield to your Spirit. I want to be filled with your Spirit. Moody again was speaking to a large audience. He held up a glass and he asked, how can I get the air out of this glass? One man shouted, suck it out with a pump. And Moody replied, well, that would create a vacuum and shatter the glass. 
After numerous other suggestions, Moody simply smiled and picked up a pitcher of water and filled the glass clear to the top, and he said, There, all the air's out of it now. And then he went on to explain that victory in the Christian life is not take place by sucking the sin out of here, but it's by being filled with the Spirit of God. If we get filled with the Spirit of God, there won't be room for sin. If we get filled with the Spirit of God, the power won't be in our own strength. The power will be of God. I mean... Peter's message in Acts chapter 2, that was a heaven-sent message. That wasn't Peter. Because he'd submitted, it was the Spirit of God that transformed him. And the same Spirit of God wants to transform you and me. I'm not saying he has a Pentecost for you to preach to. But he's got a husband and wife for you to love in the power of God. And he's got a job that he wants you to work at that will show the power of God. And he's got wisdom that he wants you to impart to to children and grandchildren. And we can't do it unless we're walking in the Spirit. I, I love reading books. I, I love learning things. But you know what? I don't care how many books you read and how many conferences you go to and how many blogs you read and podcasts you hear. None of that can empower us the the power of God unless it causes us to submit to the Spirit of God. It is only the Spirit of God. And by nature, we are prone to worship man. Oh, have you heard this guy? He is so good. Have you read this book? Oh, it's so good. And and I've done the same thing. But where is the Spirit of God? This guy is good because the Spirit of God has given him that wisdom. And the Spirit of God wants to minister in your life. Listen, I I know most of our kids are raised, but I know raising kids, it's like every day you're faced with things, I can't do this. And that's a good thing if it makes you cry out to God and say, God, I need your spirit to give me wisdom. God, I'm about ready to rip some heads off around here. That's the flesh. I mean, it happens, right? Sad to say we do many times actually do things like that. God, this is what my flesh wants to do, and I need your spirit right now. I need the power of you that I would have love and joy and peace and long suffering. I fear many times that that we have completely neglected our dependence upon the spirit of god and and i cannot emphasize enough peter's transformation was because of the spirit of god and your transformation and my transformation is totally dependent on the spirit of god and there's all the difference in doing the exact same things 
but with the power of the Spirit and without the power of the Spirit. And and we've all been there enough to know when we're doing it in the arm of the flesh, and it is frustrating, and you do want to give up and quit, and there is no hope. Why? Because it's bound to fail. God can't bless it. But the reality is, God loves to work when He knows He will be glorified, and when we've come to an end of our, and realize our helplessness, and we are dependent on the Spirit, that way when God does anything, we know it was Him, and God will be glorified. You know, I know, I know what it is to preach in the flesh. And I, I don't mean I was angry. There times I've been that too. But, I mean, I was just doing it. I was doing it. And I know what it is to preach in the Spirit too. I know what it is to try to love my wife in the flesh. And I know what it is to love her in the Spirit. I know what it is to try to be an American citizen in the flesh. It's not very fun. And I know what it is to try to do it in the Spirit. And I wish I could say that I have all this time filled with the Spirit and a few little times. But I know that I, and all of this is for me right here today, I must depend continually on the Spirit of God, and then I must obey the Spirit of God. See, I'll use this example. Something happens, and let's just say there's a conflict in the family, okay? Conflict, and often the Spirit of God will prompt me to say, well, give thanks for this, because we are to give thanks in everything. And my flesh says, no. It's what my flesh wants to do, no. And and honestly, I can, I just relive going through this battle back and forth, and finally I say, okay. And I kind of, I don't come with a thankful heart, I come out of obedience. And I say, God, and there's times I'll say, God, I'm thanking you because you told me. I don't see how anything good will come out of this. I don't know why you allowed it to happen, but by faith, I am coming now, and I say, thank you, Lord. I'm, by faith, I believe that you will make all things work together for good. You know what? There's all the difference in the world when I finally just bow and submit. Or I can go on in my flesh, and I can, I can ram it, and I, I'll make these kids obey, or I'll make this happen, I'll do this. No, but when we obey the Spirit, it's not enough to just cry out to Him. When He gives us direction, 
which he will through reading his word, and he'll lead us. You must then obey it. And everything, (coughs) everything in the Christian life rises and falls on our relationship with the Spirit of God. Zechariah 4, 6, it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by God's Spirit, says the Lord. We, in Christianity, we've lost sight of our dependence upon the Spirit of God. God, I want to be filled with your Spirit. That means I want to be controlled by your Spirit. And in, in, in understanding that, that is a continual thing. God, I continually need you. And what changed Peter? It was the power of the Spirit of God that as we get in and look at First Peter, we're going to look, wow, what wisdom, what, what grace, what humility. And it's going to be, that's the fruit of the Spirit that is manifested in First Peter. And the thing is, the same thing, God wants to do the same thing in your life. You may say, I've struggled in this area all my life, whatever area it is. I can't get victory in this area. The victory comes through yielding to the Spirit of God. And as we yield to the Spirit of God and understand, I cannot, I cannot do anything you want me to do apart from your Spirit. It, it will result in our lives in revival. What America needs today is Christians walking in the Spirit, first and foremost. If that happens, everything else will take care of itself. But you know what? Don't worry about America. Worry about your own personal life. What I need is a dependence. And God oftentimes brings us to the point where we just say, I can't do this. And God says, finally you realize. The sooner you realize, I can't do this. I cannot do this. God, I need your Spirit's direction. I need your Spirit's power. God, have your Spirit speak to me as I read this. And as you do, that, that transforms our whole relationship with God. Many people, their Christian walk is, is dry, dead, duty, just duty, duty, duty. It's because we've let the Spirit, we've pushed the Spirit back in a closet. We're running our life. And the Spirit of God says, I could change that. What is God's Spirit asking you to do today? Heavenly Father, I pray that there would be great hope brought to individuals today as they realize that your Spirit wants to do a work in their life. Lord, you said you would pour water on him who is thirsty. I pray that we may have a hunger and thirst for the power of your Spirit at work in our lives. 
to glorify you. Lord, I pray for every believer here that we would willingly embrace our helplessness and then have a dependence upon your spirit like we've never had before, that we truly would be filled with your spirit. And Lord, that then the power of you would be seen in our lives. I pray for individuals here today that don't have your spirit, that have never trusted you for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, I pray today that they would turn from running their own life, turn from their own sin, and cry out to you for forgiveness of sin and salvation through Jesus Christ. And you said that whosoever would call upon you, you would give them your spirit as the seal of their salvation. Lord, forgive us for neglecting and grieving and quenching and resisting your gift of your spirit to us. May we know the power of it at work in our lives, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together with our heads.